Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. You know, so, you know, we, we are going into this uh, sermon series. It's a two-week, just a two-week one, okay? And today I, I get to share the stage with my lovely wife today on this topic. And I've got to be honest with you, every year, this topic of marriage and the things that belong to marriage and that, it's a hard topic to really talk about. Uh, and I've got to say, probably this, this time around, I feel a bit confident in myself. I don't know why, but I just do. Maybe because I fasted the whole week. Can you tell I lost a bit of weight? Um, no, I didn't really. Um, but, you know, the, most, most times, most years, I'm always nervous to, to preach about marriage. Um, and I guess it's because growing up in a church, uh, it was never really spoken about, about your marriage. Um, it was all about action and works then, and then everything on the outside looked well and looked good. Um, and it's not until I, I started to grow more in my marriage um, that it wasn't true. <laughs> you know, on the outside, everything looks good. Um, but behind, you know, the, the, the walls at home, it was different. And so... You know, next, that's this week. We, I get to share the stage with my wife. Next week, though, for week two, we get uh, the lovely uh, Lutia Richards will be speaking next, uh, next Sunday on part two. And so you don't want to miss that one. You know, and as we look at today's topic, I want to, to make it clear that, you know, th- there are some angles that we can tackle the subject on marriage. So I'm not coming at... You know, so I'm only coming, sorry, at one angle, but I really believe that it's going to be helpful uh, for every single person sitting in here today, okay? Uh, There's nothing I'll be sharing that I feel, honestly, that that I feel you need to send out your youth kids. They're they're more than welcome to stay in here. Uh, To be honest, I really believe this would be a great message even for them uh, to listen to as well, but but I'll leave it up to you parents, okay? Um, And before we get into the sermon today, I'd like to show you just this um, spectrum graph, okay? So behind me, there's a spectrum graph and of where pretty much each and every one of us in this room are based in our relationship status, okay? Somewhere in there, you belong in there. Um, you know, and what I want you to do is just to look at them and, and just identify where you fall in the spectrum, okay? Um, some of you are laughing at some of those ones already up there. But let me give you some examples. If, if, if you are married in here, I don't think I need to tell you this message is for you, okay? Uh, you're probably already nudging your spouse, telling them, man, you better listen up. This is for you, not for me, for you, you know? And, and I'd like to address three other groups here this morning, Okay, those, those who, are, who are divorced or, or, or solo parents, um, I want to say that these verses um, and this sermon are for you this morning as well. You know, I have great respect and honor for, for the journey that you've had and you've had to walk through. And I want to say that God wants to fix and he wants to heal the pain you've had to endure over time. That's the honest truth. You know, God wants to restore the years that you've lost just know that we here as a church, as leaders here in the church and in family, as a community, we love you no matter what you've been through or going through today, okay? 
And you don't need to do this alone. We are here for you. Okay, and I pray this two-week sermon series will help make you stronger and encourages you and, and, and it gives you just the healthy instruction and, and strength uh, to obey God in all his ways that he's calling you to do. Now, to the singles, this, you know, you may think, man, this, this sermon series doesn't apply to me because, you know, and, and you're probably going to just zone out now because it's not important. You know, I'm not even thinking about marriage. Um, the honest truth, most of you here that are single will get married, okay, um, in some point of your life, right? So one day this will apply to you. So to the young ones here or, or to those that are single, I'm, I'm not here to embarrass you in front of your parents if you're young and you have parents that belong here and vice versa. Parents, I don't, well, you know, I don't aim to embarrass you in front of your kids, but I know both, both me and, and uh, Weens, We've, we've thought carefully about today's sermon, so, you know, it would be good, even for the singles in here, uh, for you to listen up on the sermon for the future of your life, okay? Now, if you're dating in here, right, then you would understand this is an important thing for your life right now, okay? Because your relationship, I don't know, it could be a serious relationship that you're in, and if it's not a serious relationship, then I hope this sermon series will challenge you in a personal way of the importance of where your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend should be in relation to the Word of God. So no matter if you're married with grandkids, you're divorced, or you're young, or you're single, or you're, 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 parent, you're, you're a single parent, um, or you're dating, you know, whether you're living for Jesus, or, or even today you're struggling to follow Him, this two-week series is for you. If your marriage is strong today, then it will become stronger. Um, if you have a weak marriage, the next two weeks will strengthen it. If you're single or you're divorced and, and want to be married one day, this series will help prepare you for the future relationship. And if you want to be the person someone will want to marry one day, um, I'm talking to the singles here, or even you know, to the husbands and the wives in here, you want to be the person your spouse will want to stay married to, <laughs> this is for you, okay? But today, we're going to be referring very briefly okay, to the book of Ephesians. Uh, the chapter and the verses are, are up there if you want to take notes or jump on your Bible app or your, your Bible, whatever you have in front of you. And, then it, and for those who don't know, it's found in the New Testament. And here is the interesting thing I want you to know. This letter that is written to the church in Ephesus, okay, to the Ephesians, is written by a follower of Jesus and his name is Paul. Now, Paul, get this, Paul, if you didn't know, you probably do already. If you didn't, Paul, he was a single guy his entire life. Yet here he is, he is the one giving instructions on marriage. <laughs> exactly, eh? You sort of laugh at that thing. Who do you think you are, you know? What gave him such confidence? A single guy writing on marriage. He could have written about a hundred other topics that he was familiar with and, and comfortable to write about, yet... The Holy Spirit moves him to write on marriage. So it's a topic so important that he even obeyed to write about it. And the reason why 
you and I, we, we need to be aware why this topic is so important, like Paul saw it to be important, is because of this reason. And the reason is this. Paul, he links and he ties the understanding of marriage to having a relationship with Jesus. That's all he is. It was all about the gospel. The marriage was all about the gospel. And I'm going to break through these verses now and, and, and talk about them as we go through. We're going to look at this first verse, verse 21 of chapter 5. And it says, Submit to one another out of the reverence or the worship for Christ. Now that word submit, right? I know some people in here will find that word hard to agree with because this word is often it's misused or it's abused. But over, even for me personally, over my years of marriage, I'm learning more and more over time that marriage, this is this term, that marriage is about we and not about me. You know, marriage, it involves you and your spouse to partner with each other in two things. And these are the two things. To partner up in godly leadership as a, as a couple and also in mutual submission. Now, I want to emphasize here, once again, Paul, he starts, you know, in these verses by saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, before I carry on, let, let me play this little game with you right now, okay? If you're married in here, you're sitting next to your spouse, then I want you to compete against your spouse, okay? If you're dating in here, you, you can try this against each other, your boyfriend and girlfriend, and, and see how well you know each other. If you're single, then I want you to think maybe about your parents and see which of these answers fall under either parent. Um, or if you're single, if you're sitting next to a friend you know well, feel free to compete against them. And let's see if your loyalty and their loyalty to your friendship is real or fake. And I'm going to, and this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask some questions, right? And I want you to point to either yourself, if the question refers to you, or point to the spouse, the boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, if the question refers to them. Is that cool? Now, you only have one second to respond. Don't think about it. Just point. Okay, see how well you go. As soon as I give you the question, just off the cuff, your first reaction to who you point to. Cool? Ready to go. Okay, here are the questions. Between the person that you may be sitting next to you right now that you're competing with. Number one, this is the question number one. Who is the dominant person in this relationship? <laughs> Eddie's sitting there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? You're putting to yourself, Jim. But, but uh, no. Cool. Okay, number two. Question number two. Which one of you acts as the most spoiled person? <laughs> Okay, this one, number three. Who, who is the b best listener? <laughs> he, he doesn't want to point. There's some people, nah, nah. Got to keep my pride. <laughs> number four. After, all, after it's all said and done, who ends up getting their way? <laughs> Some of you are living with a smile. That's right. <laughs> you better know this. <laughs> Number five, who picks their nose? Not tricks. We won't go there. Might cause some, some problems and some arguments. <laughs> you know, 
Um, before, before me and Wien, when we got before we got married, uh, we were dating each other, and, and I kid you not, <laughs> I kid you not, man, Weens, she was the dominant one in our relationship. And um, she would just run the show in our relationship. And I, and I just obeyed, you know, sir, yes, sir, you know. <laughs> Go over there, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, but now, nah, tricks. <laughs> you know, but closer to getting married, you know, we had leaders, they spoke into our lives and they taught us about submitting to each other. And, and we started to think about it more and more. And I guess it didn't happen overnight, right? But I can honestly say that we've seen the benefits of our mutual submission towards each other ever since. You know, there's this verse, the, carrying on these verses, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Now, like I said before, I know a lot of people may immediately feel a sense of pain or, or anger or, or even disagree with this word here, submit, because this may have been abused quite a bit in your life in, in, in different ways. And so rather, rather than me trying to explain this morning to the wives how you should submit to your husbands, right? Um, and all the husbands are going, good call, brother, good call. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask my wife to come up and speak on this idea of, of what the Bible says, not what we think, okay, what it is, but what the Bible says about the subject of wives submitting to your husbands. Morning. I remember when um, Ulu and I were engaged and there was this Bible study that um, one of our leaders was running and it was about it was a book study on a book called The Excellent Wife. And um, a few of us singles, we were flicking through it and there was this chapter, chapter 11, and one of the girls um, said to me, oh no, there's a whole chapter on the S word. And I was like, oh, like sex. And she goes, no, submission. <laughs> And so we were kind of like, you know, oh, you know, girl power. Um, so I, I decided to um, pull up a clip, very um, theologically sound clip, on what submission does not look like, biblical submission. Can we line that up, please? Ever since I was born, I've been trained to serve you. Yes, I know this, but I would like to know about you. What do you like to do? Whatever you like. <laughs> what kind of music do you like? Whatever kind of music you like. Look, I know what I like, and I know you know what I like because you were trained to know what I like, but I would like to know what you like. For instance, do you have a favorite food? Yes. Good! What is your favorite food? Whatever food you like. Are you saying that no matter what I tell you to do, you will do? Yes, Your Highness. Anything I say you do? Yes, Your Highness. 
Bark like a dog. A big dog. Woof, 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 woof. Hop on one leg. Woof, 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 woof. Make a noise like an orangutan. I see the two of you are getting along. Excuse me, Marty, for a moment. Fine girl, isn't she? Fine girl, isn't she? Um, so that is not what biblical submission should look like. But submission is kind of like a freaky word, you know? I think it's one of the most controversial things that the Bible could say about marriage. The word submit in itself is made up of two parts. Sub meaning under, like a submarine, uh, and mit meaning to put or to place under. And so I mean, I like to think about the word submit meaning in marriage. You know, when the two of you don't agree or when you've come to, you know, come head to head with your spouse and you can't both get your way, submitting is when you place, you volunteer to place yourself under the other person's will. I guess you could put it this way. You could put it this way by saying you first. We need to make a decision here, so I'm going to choose to put you first. I believe that's what submit means. When, you know, when you have a couple and your only competition is, no, you go first, no, you go first, you know. Me and Ulu have been um, ministering to couples for probably around 20 years now. And one of the things... Uh, that we always say to couples before they get married is put each other first, put the other one first. That's the best advice that anyone ever gave me before I got married. And that's the best advice that I could give to anyone is put the other one first. And sure enough, when people come to us and we need to, we need to meet, you know, having problems, having, you know, some conflict at home, struggling, it is always because they have forgotten to put the other one first. The actual Greek word that they use in that scripture in Ephesians is hupotasso. Can you all say hupotasso? We can all speak Greek now. It, it's actually a military word, and it means to arrange strategically, to arrange yourself under the command of somebody. And so, Basically, a picture of that in, in battle, I guess, is, you know, um, troops getting their leader and lifting him up to a strategic point where he can see the battlefield, he can see what needs to be done, and he can make a strategic decision based on having been lifted up by the people who are submitting under him. And, you know, it's like that in marriage, is that it's not, I'm choosing to put myself below you because I'm less than you, or you're, the, you're cooler than me, or you're more important than me. It's for the sake of we. 
It's, it's not about me, it's about we in marriage. Just like those soldiers who would lift up their leader so that he can make decisions, it's not so that he can feel all important, higher than everybody else, but so that he can do the job that he was given for the sake of everybody. I love that verse in Ephesians that we all read earlier, which says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, when you think about it this way, the word submit, it's not actually offensive. It's actually a very beautiful word in that Christ, Jesus Christ is the ultimate picture of submission in that he chose to place himself under. He chose to give away everything that he had for us. And he placed that same God, that same creator of the universe, that same God who chose to put himself under and give away everything for my sake. He chose to put Ulu at the head of our family. And he asks me to submit to Ulu as the head of our family. And you know, when I think about it that way, it's my honor to do so. I'm, I'm more than happy to listen to a God who did that for me. And in his infinite wisdom and infinite knowledge and his intelligent design, he said, Rowena, this is the head of your family. I know all the things you know. I know all the nerdy books you've read, all of those lessons that you did, you know, when you were staying home, not going anywhere, when your parents were strict and, you know, all of those things you were thinking about, all of those things that you think you know that Ulu doesn't know but I've chosen him to be the head of your family. You know, it was funny, um, one time when we were in the Philippines, I think um, Maya was about eight and Joey was six, and Joey was drawing in his book, and um, Joey had written, like, you know, he loves to draw comics, and so he had drawn something, 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 50 hours later, and then... Um, Maya said, why did you put 50 hours later? That's so random. He goes, oh, because it's just two days. And then Maya said, two days is not 50 hours. There's 48 hours in two days. And then Joey says, no, there is 50 hours in two days because dad said. And then Maya goes to me. I was in the front seat of the taxi, and I could hear them arguing about something. And then I heard Maya, he goes, hey, mum, how many hours are there in two days? And I said, 48. And then he goes, see, mum said 48. Joey says, I don't care what mum said because dad's the boss of the family. <laughs> and then Maya said, so now I'm listening to what they're saying. And then Maya goes, yeah, dad's the boss of the family, but like he didn't read books growing up. <laughs> he didn't go to school. And here I'm like, hey, what are you talking about? Mum stayed home. She was the loser who read all the books. She said 48 hours. It's 48 hours. And then Joey goes, boss of the family, and just kept going. You don't always feel like submitting. And there have been times when Ulu has come and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And there have been times that I've thought I've known better. And I may or may not have brought this to his attention. 
But, you know, in the times when, like, there have been times when he said, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and there has been information that I had that he didn't have. And so when I came to him and I said, oh, but this is a thing that we need to think about, sometimes he'll say, oh, no, actually, you're right, we'll, we'll do that. But there have been times where I have taken my knowledge to contribute to the decision, and he has said, uh, yeah, that's cool, but we're actually going to do this. Sometimes in my heart, it, I haven't felt like just saying, oh, okay. There have been times where I've actually had to choose to submit and put myself under for the sake of all. And you know what? I promise you, God has honored us every time. There's never been a time where I've gone and said, oh, but you know, this and this and this, and there's like 48 hours in two days. And then it turned out that I could say, ha ha, told you. That has never actually happened. God has always honored it when I have submitted. And so I think that God has some wisdom when he has put things in a specific order and he's asked us to choose to submit strategically. Now, I don't say this so that, you know, you can go home and all you husbands can lord your authority over your wives. You know, remember, they said in church, better listen. You know, it's not so that you can bully your wife into submission. Think about it in that Jesus was a servant leader. Yes, he was, he was a leader, he was the head, but he served every step of the way. He laid down his life for his church. And husbands, your leadership should reflect Jesus. You know, when we read that, when we read that verse, you know, wives, you must submit to your husbands and blah, 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 blah. You know, sometimes we can be like, oh my gosh, I thought I was important. I thought I had a say, you know, have your say on election day. But don't forget, read the next part is that the husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. So they've actually got the harder part. Because remember what Christ had to do for the church? I'll choose submission any day. <laughs> you know, this morning it was pouring with rain. I don't know if it's still raining, but it was pouring with rain, you know. And um, I was in, I, we came early because um, Ulu had a group. And so I was here and a couple of us were standing in the kitchen and Otto came in. He came in, unlocked all the doors, turned off the alarm, you know. It was like before nine, maybe quarter to nine. And I saw him and I said, hey, how you doing? You know, had a little chat. And then he was like running around doing all the stuff that he does. And then as I was standing in the kitchen, he ran. He was already wet from having run into the church. He ran outside to the car with the umbrella. And then he opened the door and Sally was there waiting and he put the umbrella over her, and he was holding her like this so that she wouldn't slip in the puddles. There were heaps of puddles. And I was just watching, and I was like, oh, that's so sweet, you know. That's servant leadership, right? And if you ask Sally, she is so submissive to Otto. But with a husband like that who serves as he leads, man, it makes it so easy to submit. So I guess this is a challenging word for all of us, in that we need to choose to place ourselves and say to our spouses and say to our loved ones, you first, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ.
Thanks, Wayne. Also, I did the same this morning for my wife. I was in the car waiting, peeping, no, hurry up, get in the car. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, um, thanks for that, Wayne. You know, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm blessed that, you know, we were taught right from the start at the beginning in our, in our marriage counseling and that the starting point of a healthy marriage is actually a personal relationship with Jesus um, and submitting to him in obedience to his word. You know, this is the only reason why my marriage is where it is today. It's the honest truth. You know, because of God's grace by giving his son, you know, in exchange for, for my life, you know, that, that deserved eternal death. Jesus saved me from the eternal death. And that's why I'm so grateful to give my whole life to him. Um, and that's why I understand that marriage is linked to Jesus. It, it is important. And I also have to say, whenever me and Weens do argue, man, she's not one to mess with. <laughs> you know, I, I just keep getting myself in trouble when it comes to arguing with her. I mean, I just never win. Um, and that's why I thank the Lord for mutual submission. <laughs> you know, when Paul continues on and, and he's linking this, this understanding of marriage to having a relationship with Jesus, he then refers to the husbands, right? And we read in here in, in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So this is all to the married men and even to the non-married men. Once, Like I said, this refers to all of us um, here today. Now, I, I don't want to... I don't know, sorry, if you notice, and maybe it's a hard thing to admit, but, you know, majority of the time, men, brothers, guys in here, um, we tend to shy away from leading, from, from serving, from, from servant leadership. Um, you know, who this morning did what Otto did this morning for their wife? You know, um, I'm guilty. I did not, uh, apart from yelling and beeping the horn. You know, if, if, if submission is, is the difficult thing for wives and for, for the woman here, then let me tell you, leading is the thing husbands and men are pretty much happy to just pass off to someone else to do. Now, yes, you do may lead at church and things, uh, sorry, at work and because you have to and things like that, but spiritually, that's a different kind of leadership that comes out of us as men. You know, leading doesn't mean that you make all the decisions, right? Um, leading as a husband is about, it's about setting the tone and the direction for your life first with Jesus, then with your wife, then your family, then the people around you, you know, your workplace, your church, the community. You know, as a husband that submits, for me personally, my life first to Jesus that I've had to learn, I've learned the importance of being the head of, and, and the lead for, for my wife and for my kids. Have I mastered it? Far from it. I haven't. You know, we've walked through, even us as a family, we've walked through some interesting things together, but I'm, I'm constantly, you know, I'm reminded how, how Jesus gave his life for me in return for my relationship with him, you know, that it's more important than anything else. My starting point as a husband, it begins with Jesus. You know, when Jesus is the, in, in the right place of your life as a husband, you begin, to you begin to naturally lead in obedience 
in submission to him. For example, I understand the importance of leading this church. You know, and as I lead to, to the best of my ability, I also lead, but I don't make all the decisions. You know, I have the people that I trust that are empowered uh, to make decisions with me for our church. But as a pastor who leads this church, my, my job is to constantly pray uh, for God's wisdom to help me set the right tone and the right vision for this church and what has been created from here on in 100 years from now, I guess. You know, as one of the leaders of this church, if, if I'm going into battle and I'm leading other people into the battle, then I'm going to be the first one on the front line of that battlefield. And so I pray and I hope that you see this in me and follow my lead. In my home, I'm going to be the first one to serve so that I can become someone that my wife can see that I'm worth following and, and even worth serving. As husbands and wives who, who want to, to have a heart after God and, and you want to go deeper in Him, as a single person that one day will find someone that you will marry, as someone that is dating and your relationship, it's pretty serious. Let me ask you this. How is your relationship with Jesus? How is your time in reading His Word and, and learning from it? Are you leading your life by going to His Word constantly for you? And, and do you actually obey God's Word? And as a husband, are there things... You know, for me personally, and, and I think about our husbands, are there things in your life, you and I, we need to submit to God. What, what, is, what is our thought, thought life like? You know, the kind of access we have to things like on the internet. Is it a distraction in your marriage that may hinder you in having love for your wife and just for her alone? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To the wives, are you willing are you willing to learn more about how to submit to your husbands? Is there more you can do? As the verse says, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. What, what does that look like right now in your marriage? What can you change in the remaining six months of this year? You know, and I believe God is going to show you how to go deeper in relationship with Him to take your life more seriously in your marriage. And, and finally, to those in here that are either dating, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or maybe single in this time of your life, here's what happens today, right? And, and I'm going to be pretty direct, okay, and honest here, but I believe if I don't share this, then I'm not doing this sermon justice. Just know I love you, okay? But today, people, they do married things before even think, they think about marriage. It's a common thing. You know, we come back to the spectrum. You know, there's those saints, hey, you know, man, I think we like each other. You know, I kind of love you. Maybe we, you know, we're not that serious, but let's, let's start, you know, start doing the married things, if you know what I mean. Let's start living together. Let's start doing these certain things that married couples do. And, and as you act as if you're happily married, right? But then what happens is you miss out how to be committed to each other. You don't get to experience what being engaged should be like. And you don't get to enjoy being newlyweds. Why? Because you're too busy pretending to be married. 
And when this pretend marriage, it doesn't work out, what happens next is you practice how to split up and you move on to the next person and try to start over again with someone else. And once again, you miss out on how to be committed, how to be engaged, how to be, how, you know, and be newlyweds. Man, marriage, it's a, it's a holy covenant. It's all in. It's 100%. You know, from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, I will be faithful to you as long as we both shall live. So help me, God, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it's been 18 years now that I've been married to, to, to Weens. And like I said, before we got married, you know, I, I had to come before, okay, okay? I had to come clean from a lot of, of my ways that living this double life behind her back. And it took me some serious years of, of living out my relationship with her in, in a righteous and in, in a godly manner. But I chose, man, I chose to pursue it because I loved God back then. I, I learned to love God more than anything else. And I wanted to lead my life in God's presence. In the final year, right, before getting married, um, I was living in Hamilton at the time. So, you know, we would write letters to each other back then. The texts cost a lot of money. You know, the, you had your brick phones at your texts. And, and so it wasn't cheap. And so the, the letters were still the way to go back then. You know, after all these years, and I think I've shared this once before, I've kept all those letters in that one year that she wrote, I've still got them. Hey, what of a lovely guy. <laughs> you know, the important thing that, that kept resonating through her letters, though, that she'd write is her love for Jesus. Every time, every letter that, got, that came down to me in Hamilton. And, and I always remember in her letters that as we were engaged, you know, for that year, before when, when I was living in Hamilton, I remember that, that year, we promised that our marriage would be Christ-centered. We weren't married yet. We were engaged. But at the time we were engaged, these were the things that we were committing ourselves to. You know, Jesus would always be first in our individual lives back then before we loved each other. And that's the honest truth. Now, even after 18 years of marriage... Satan, the enemy, he still attacks us just as much as he attacks any of you today. 18 years of marriage. My flesh is as vulnerable to temptation as anyone else here. I'm a sinner like anyone else in this room. Both me and we have, have we've said over 18 years, we've said hurtful things to each other in our arguments. You know, we've, we've let each other down from time to time in these 18 years. And yes, I'm blessed to be married to this girl, but you all need to understand our marriage is not strong because we're pastors. I have to preach every Sunday. <laughs> or, or don't think that our marriage has been cruisy, that we have it all together. Our marriage is strong because we just work hard at it. That's the honest truth. You know, I've heard many times, you know, like we were Shane, uh, saying, sorry, over the years how we've been counseling. 
And, and I've heard many times in marriages how a spouse, they, they would fall out of love for, you know, for their, for their love. And, and that is, man, that is something that always saddens me um, for married couples when they have to face that problem because it's out there. But let me encourage anyone here, just because you don't feel loved or, f- or you don't feel love, sorry, it doesn't mean you throw in the towel. Falling out of love for your spouse, think about it. It's like you trying to, it's like selling your car because you just ran out of gas. <laughs> now, what, what do you do when you run out of gas? You wouldn't sell your car straight away. You'd fill the gas back up. And so what do you do when you run out of love for your spouse in a personal sort of way? When you're in a covenant relationship, what do you do when you fall out of love? You fill it back up. You make it work. You fill it back up because marriage, remember we were saying today that it's about we, not about me. It's a covenant before a holy God. Man, any marriage, it it needs to begin, please. It has to begin with Jesus as priority. And I can guarantee you, through even through my life experience, every good thing follows after that in your marriage. (laughs) And I'm so grateful being taught these things. Now, some of you, we may sit and think, ah, Ulu, I've missed that boat. (laughs) Uh, You started off pretty good. I'm, I'm still in the negatives. It's not too late. It's not. It is never too late. God wants to restore our relationships in our marriages. If you're dating, he wants to restore your healthy relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And if you're single, some of, let's be honest, some of us, some of you, sorry, may be caught to singleness. I do not know. But even this message refers to you too, because it teaches you how to honor God and help others. I mean, look at Paul. He wrote about marriage. A single guy, the whole, I mean, Jesus was single, right? They're good examples to follow, I think. So don't neglect that if that's something in your heart, that that's what you're called to do. That's a precious thing, because you get to change the world in that way. You get to honor God, and you get to teach us a few lessons. So all these things, God is, where are you at in this vow for Christ first, that love the church, that died for the church, that serves the church? That's our example for marriage. And so let me end here by reading those verses once again. And I hope this time around as I read them, maybe you already were fine with them, but if, you're, if you are now, I hope you can hear how the gospel is in this whole thing about marriage, okay? The gospel of Christ, the gospel of Jesus. And this is what it says. Submit to one another out of worship for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave, him, gave himself up for the church to make her holy, 
cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Let us pray. Father, we just...